Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, daddy. Oh, how we love you so. I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. So if you could turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it, scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. See, Jesus always spoke in stories, very simple stories. And he used things that people of the day would understand. That's why he, he was mostly talking to farmers, people who would understand seeds, planting seeds, and, and the harvest. See, the, the Word of God is not only for scholars, not only for pastors, not only for people in universities, but the Word of God was written for every one of you that even a young child can understand it. If Jesus was here today in, in the Bronx and speaking, he wouldn't be talking as if he were talking to fishermen or farmers, talking about seeds and growing and wheat. He'd be talking about buses and subways and coochie Frito joints and all of that stuff. You see, because God speaks to you in, in a way that's personal, in a way that you could understand. Every one of you can understand the Word of God. From the youngest child, even two, three-year-olds can, can, can begin to understand because the Word of God is active and alive, and it's for every one of you. And that's why Jesus, when he taught, he didn't look for the scholars. He didn't look for the religious leaders and the rabbis. He, he looked for the people that society considered nobody. 
That's why the Word of God says in, in, in church, there's not too many well-educated, not too many rich. It's mostly, it's mostly just the everyday, ordinary people that God transforms to do great things. And Jesus told this story, and it was a story about a farmer planting seed. Now, when you think about it, you've got to go back 2,000 years. So it's not like today where they have those machines. Don't, or don't think of somebody in a garden making a hole and putting some seeds. Back then, there, the farmer had a big sack of seed. And he would take it out and just walk and throw it as he went. And the seed would land in different places. And that's the story that Jesus told. But he wasn't talking about seeds. He wasn't talking about the ground. What he was talking about is the message of God. He was talking about the Word of God. See, basically, that's what I'm doing right now. It's like I'm standing here with a big bag of seed, and I'm throwing it. I don't know where it's going to land. See, some of you are sleeping, and, and that thing is just going to bounce right off you. Some of you, you're thinking about the jets. Some of you are thinking what you're going to eat later. See, I was right, Mike. You see that? And I'm throwing those seeds at you, and they're bouncing right off. But some of you, the, that message, the Word of God, is it, it hits the mark. And Jesus told this story about a farmer that he threw the seeds, and it, and. And the parable, the message is in where the seeds landed. So first of all, some of the seeds that he threw, it landed out on the sidewalk. Let's put it in modern day terms. It landed, he threw the seeds and it fell out in the street. And the birds ate it, the cars ran it over. So I'm going to go down now and read from verse 11, because in verse 11, Jesus begins to explain the parable. A parable is a story that tells a message. So in verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. See, some of you, you hear a message or you read the Word of God and the enemy steals it from you right away. The enemy tells you, this isn't for you. God doesn't want you to give this up. He, you don't have to live this. You don't have to change the way you live. Or the devil will get you distracted so that even, uh, even as you hear the preaching or even as you're in your house, you're reading the Word, it's not penetrating because the enemy's coming and stealing it. Just as I said before, some of you, even right now, the, the words that I'm speaking, the devil is coming, he's stealing that Word from you. He's telling you, this, this is not relevant to your life today. Some of you, you're here because somebody dragged you here, and, you're, and every word that I speak, the enemy's coming and stealing it. It's just like as if I took seeds and 
wasted it throwing into the sidewalk. See, that's what happens to some of the seed. That's why the devil is not just a comic book character. He's not a guy with tails on a horn and horns on a pitchfork. The devil is real. And the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He, he opposes everything that God wants to do in your life. Every way that God wants to bless you. Every way God wants to change and transform you. The enemy is right there to steal that message. To steal that word. To resist what God does. But thank God not all the seed goes in the sidewalk where it gets run over by cars. But see, some of the seed, it said, fell on the, on the rocky ground. It fell on the rocks. Now, when I say that, don't picture like big rocks with seeds laying on top of it. But in Israel, back, back in those times, and I guess it's still true today, a lot of the soil had rocks right underneath so that it only went down a few inches. And when they would put the seed in the soil, there was no room for the root to grow. So in verse, in verse 13, Jesus explains, what does that mean in his story that some of the seeds fell on the rocky soil? Verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and when they fall away, then they fall away when they face temptation. In other words, there are some people, they receive the word of God, they hear the message, and they get all excited. They start coming to church. They say, Pastor, I love this church. But there's a problem. The word didn't take root because the heart is hard. What is a hard heart? That, that's a heart that, that refuses to be obedient to God. It's, see, it's easy to say, I love the Lord. I love you, Jesus. But Jesus says, if you love me, then you'll obey my commandments. But there, there are many people that I've known. I've known hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people through the years in church, maybe thousands, who come to church. They have an experience with God. It begins to touch them. They start to worship. They say, oh, I can't wait till next Sunday to come back to church. But the word didn't take root because there's hardness. Maybe the hardness is because of hurt or abuse. Sometimes it's anger, but sometimes it's just a refusal. It's just, I'm willing to go so far, but you can't tell me how to live. And you know what happens after a while because there's no root. You don't, one day you stop seeing those people. I'll ask Pastor George, what happened to so-and-so? They were so committed. They used to come to church. They used to love to be here. But the word says when trouble and temptations come, they, it just draws them away because there was no root. 
That's why it's so important to be part of the prayer and the fasting. You know what it says in Jeremiah, that the, the word of God, when you read it, it says it's like a rock. I mean, it's like a hammer that breaks the rock. It'll break every hard place in your heart. See, I, I don't want to come back here in five years and say, what happened to so-and-so? They used to love God. Oh, they, they walked away. I'm believing God that every one of you in 10 years and 20 years that you're going to worship God with the same fire, with the same passion that, as today. There's nothing sadder in the world than when they see someone that began to walk in the blessing. They started to change. They started to walk in holiness. But their heart was hard towards the things of God. And when the rubber met the road, they began to walk away. I, 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 I could show you Rolodexes filled with hundreds of names. But it's not going to be any one of you. And I just decree that over you right now. I decree right now over every life that not one is going to be snatched from the hand of Jesus. I decree over you that not one of you is going to fall away. Not one of you is going to be tempted and ensnared by the devil in Jesus' name. And I just speak to every hard and hard, every hard place in your emotions, in every place where you've been wounded, in every place where there's been abuse and your heart has become hardened where, where God meant it to be soft and tender. And I just break that, that hard ground in you right now in Jesus' name. You see, but some of the seed that the farmer was planting, it fell on good soil. The roots started to come down deep, but you know there was a problem. In that soil, there were weeds growing. There were thorns growing. And as and the seed was planted, it began to grow. And you know what happened? All the weeds began to choke the life out of it. Yeah, some of you maybe have a garden and you plant stuff. What happens if you don't take the weeds out first? It begins to choke the life out of the plants, out of the flowers that you're growing. And, and what Jesus told us what that represents in verse 14. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. You see, all the problems, the things of this world, the pleasures, all the relationships, it could come and it could squeeze the life out, out of the word that's in you. Those are the people that come to the pastor one day and say, Pastor, I need to take a vacation from church for a few months. You ever get any of those? I wish I had a quarter for every time I've heard that through the year. Oh, I'm just going to back off for a while. 
You know why? Because the things of this world have begun to squeeze the life out of the word, out of the spirit that God's planted in you. The temptations, the riches, the things of the world can become more important to you than God. In these last days, it looks like the things of the world are going to start to disappear. And you know what it says in Isaiah? That those who do not stand by faith will not stand at all. The things that you're living for, the things that you're holding on to that are squeezing out the word. So you don't have time to pray. You don't have time to read the word. Because everything in life is like weeds. It's coming and it's squeezing and it's choking. And then you wonder, how come I'm not blessed? What happened to the promises of God? It's because you're letting those things choke the life out. It's like it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that people will, uh, will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. You see, being a Christian means that you love God more than anything else in this world. Being a Christian is not a part-time thing. It's not about being a secret agent for the Lord. It does, it's not about being an undercover devil. But see, being a Christian means that Jesus is the most important thing in your life, that you love him more than anyone or anything in this world. Let me tell you the truth. I'd rather have Jesus than all the money in this world. I want to have Jesus more than a new house, more than a new car, more than I want to walk in the physical blessing, and I want those things. I'm not saying I don't care about the physical realm, because I pray for those things. But more than anything else in this world, I want more of God. I want more of his presence. I want to live for him. See, that's, that's Christianity 101. Christianity is not about coming to church on Sunday. You know, coming to church on Sunday doesn't even make you a Christian. Otherwise, going to McDonald's would make you a hamburger. But being a Christian means when you tell someone I'm a Christian, what you're saying is, I love the Lord with all my heart and all my strength. That everything I got, I love him. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means that you might fall seven times and every time you get up and keep going. Because what it say about those people that let God get crowded out of their life? It says they never mature. What is maturity? Maturity means that I keep going no matter what, no matter how cold it is outside, no matter what I'm going through. I don't back down. I won't back off, but I keep coming. I keep running after God. I keep serving him. I don't look at the situation. 
I don't go by my feelings or my circumstances because the Bible says that the heart is wicked and deceitful. I don't, I, don't, I don't serve God according to how I feel. It's a walk of faith. That's what maturity is. And if you put God first and you don't let that relationship or you don't let that job or you don't let your entertainment or whatever it is begin to choke out the life of God in you like weeds, then you're going to begin to, you're going to, begin to mature and grow. That's why we have the discipleship class starting this Wednesday at 7.15, because we're believing that there's people in this church who are saying, I'm tired of drinking the milk. I'm, I'm ready for meat. I'm ready to mature. I'm ready to step out. I'm ready to battle the enemy. You see, if you never mature, the devil comes into your house. He wrecks your mind. He messes up your family because you got nothing in you to stand against him. That's why this fasting is important, because as you fast and pray and read the Word, all of a sudden God begins to take center stage in your life, not the hamburger. And God will begin to pull out those weeds. I, I'm going to ask Ray to come to pray for you right now. He, he's just going to pray right now that every area of your life where those weeds, where, where things have taken the place of God. He's just going to begin to pull them out in the spirit. Lord God, we come before you today, Lord God, to pray for these people, Lord God, that they that no one shall come against them in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you are their gardener and you shall pull every last weed out of them in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I decree this over their life, Lord God, and nothing shall hold them back from you, Lord God, and everything in this world, Lord God, shall not affect Lord God. They shall follow you always, Lord God. They shall be with you always, Lord God. And they shall always be with you always, always. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord God, no weapon shall come against them. No weapon shall prosper against these people, Lord God. And that the devil has no right over these people, Lord God. They are your soldiers, Lord God. And they are your people, Lord God. And they shall follow you through the bad, through the good times, Lord God. Even through this annual fast, Lord God. That they may come to know you better, Lord God. And to have visions and dreams of you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to continue in the parable, and I thank God for verse 15, because a lot of those seeds, it fell on good soil. And verse 15 says that the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. And back in verse 8, it said, a hundred times more than was planted. See, that's what I'm believing for every one of you. That just one sermon, just one Bible reading will produce a hundred times more in you. A hundred times more blessing. A hundred times more love. A hundred times more success. A hundred times more power. A hundred times more love in you. All you got to do is... Pastor George said this last week, 
whatever, 12 to 16 minutes a day can multiply a hundred times so that you walk in the blessing 24 hours a day, that you walk in the goodness of God, that everywhere you go that you produce fruit that remains, that you're not tossed back and forth by the wind. Oh, well, I talked to this one, and, and they discouraged me, so I won't be, I don't, I'm not going to pray anymore. I don't care who said what. Stop listening to man. I'm older than, than, than a lot of you. I'm only, I think Pastor George is the only one older than me here. And, and I've learned something through the years. And, and I think Bert here will agree with me. Man can't do nothing for you. I've learned that lesson. I've counted on man. I've listened to a lot of promises. And I put my hope in what people said. Oh, they're going to do this and that. And I listen to them. And I'm always disappointed. But when I read the word of God and I take hold of his promise, I've never been disappointed yet. It might not be in my time. But God is never late. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else. It is the source of life. It's the most precious thing you have is your heart, the, the place where, where you love, the place of passion that you have. Don't allow the enemy to get in and steal it. This is, this is for, some, for you single people. There's a lot of imposters out there, and they want to steal your heart, and they're going to turn you away from God. I've never met a man or a woman worth it. I've never met a man that, that was worth giving, giving it up for. I've never met a woman worth Lose, losing my salvation, worth losing the blessing. It's never worth letting anyone in your heart come between you and God because God wants to produce. You're like soil, and God plants a seed, and you're going to multiply, you're going to produce, and this isn't just about church. This is about you, you as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, as a student, as a boss. As a worker, wherever you are in life, God wants to use you. And that means he wants, he, he wants you to have so much fruit and leave so much blessing behind. But you've got to start right here. And, and, and you, you need that word. You've got to read the word of God. You've got to live your life by this. You see, the world has tried to burn it, they mock it, they ridicule it. Hollywood has made a joke out of it. Your friends will laugh at you when you talk about it. It's been cast down, it's been destroyed, but it's still alive because Jesus is alive. And it's just as relevant today. As it, as it was thousands of years ago when it was written. And there are absolute truth in here. 
and it cannot be denied. And there is no room for compromising the Word of God. You see, you need to live your life by what it says in here. I don't care about the culture or, or what modern society would say. But you know what the Bible says? That in the last days, and we're living in the last days, people will gather together teachers who will not speak the truth, but they'll tell them what they want to hear and they'll tickle their ears. You see, you've got to thank God that you have a pastor like Pastor George who, who's willing to speak truth at any cost. He, he's willing to proclaim the pure word of God even if every one of you walks out. If he's the only one left here, he stands on truth, the truth of the word of God. Let me give you an example from the Word of God. I'm going to read Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. It says, Bring your full tithes to the temple treasury, so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. That's the message of the God of the angel armies. Let me explain that. The word of God, I believe, teaches tithing. Tithing means taking the first 10% of the increase of what you make and, and bringing it into the storehouse to give to the work of the Lord. I taught my daughters since they were little. They've been, they've been doing that. They get $10 for their, from their birthdays when they were children. They give a dollar of it. And you know what God says? Test me and, and I'll prove to you that my word is true. I've been doing this for 20 years, and all I could say is God has met every need in those 20 years. <laughs> Times when I thought I couldn't make it. Times when, when, the, when I was getting 100 calls a day from bill collectors, even a dispossessed notice in my apartment that we want you out over those 20 years, and God's been true. I've tested God. I've tried him. I've tested him at his word, whether it's financially or other areas of my life. I've tried him. I've tested him. And every word that he's spoken is true. I've never heard anyone get up in a church and say, I'm sorry that I, that I ever tithed, gave my 10%. I'm sorry that I was ever true to my wife, like the Bible says. I, I want to challenge you in this year. You test the word of God. You, you test him with your 10%. You test him by being faithful to your husband or wife. See, the Bible says 
that sexual relations is only between a husband and a wife who have committed to each other till death. Society won't tell you that. But I challenge you to live by the word of God. And then you come here a year from now and testify. And I guarantee that not one of you are going to say, I'm sorry that I ever listened to you. Because God is real. He's alive. And he honors his word. He honors your faith. He loves it when you step out. He loves it when you trust him. And sometimes there's a cost. Sometimes it hurts to cut off a relationship. Sometimes it hurts to walk away from something that you know is wrong. There's a cause. But Jesus said, before you serve me, he said, you've got to count that cause. You've got to decide right now, is he worth it? I want to ask you that. Is he worth it to you? Is he worth the sacrifice to you? All I can testify that everything that I've ever given up, that, that I just thank God because it's always been a blessing. God has worked everything together for good in my life. And he's going to do the same thing for you. So I just challenge you in this new year to read this word and live it. Live it out to its fullest. I don't care what your friends, your neighbors your mother-in-law, I don't care who says what. You, you take God at his word. Test him. Test him. Test him. I'll, I'll prove that this is true. See, but you got to do it. The Bible says don't just be hearers of the word. Don't just come to church Sunday and listen and say that was nice and come back next Sunday. Take the messages. Take the word and live it out and you're going to be blessed. You see, there's a concept in scripture called the anointing. And I'm going to ask for the worship team to come. See, last week, Pastor George gave the illustration of, a, of your body as being a puppet, that it can either be used by your sinful nature that, 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 tells you, that tells your body, don't go to church, it's too cold. Don't pray, go watch TV. You don't have to be faithful to your wife's body. See, that's your sinful nature speaking but also your spirit speaks. And the Bible says you can either be controlled by the spirit or you can be controlled by your sinful nature. But see, when you're controlled by your spirit, it's not about fighting. It's not about trying, but it's about the very spirit of God coming to your spirit and bringing what's called the anointing. What is the anointing? It means God giving you the ability to do everything that you can't do on your own. If you feel you can't make it as a parent, the anointing of God will touch you, and you'll be the best mother or father. If you can't make it as a businessman, a businesswoman, the anointing of God will come and use your body 
will enable you, will qualify you, will empower you. That's what the anointing is. If you're not making it right now in school, we can pray today for the anointing, the empowering of God. You don't have to give in anymore to that voice in your head that says, give up. Forget about God. Walk away. Sin is okay. Back in the 60s, they used to say, if it feels good, do it. You don't have to live like that because it feels good for a little while and it leads to death. It leads to destruction. But the very Spirit of God will come on you and He qualifies you to be whatever God's called you to be, to be the best minister, the best husband or wife. If you're struggling in your marriage, we're going to pray for you today. And the anointing of God is going to come and he's going to qualify you. He's going to give you the strength to keep going. He's going to give you the right words to speak. I don't know about anyone else, but without God, I can, I'm nothing without God. I can't do anything. I have like absolutely no natural ability at all. Uh, you could ask Manny, right? <laughs> all I do is stumble all over myself, mess up everything. But when the Spirit of God comes, there's nothing that I can't do. And that's true for every one of you. So I'm going to ask you all to stand right now. And before we go on, I, I just want the, God himself to begin to anoint you. So just as we sing this song, just let the Spirit of God, the power of God begin to come upon you. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.